I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hey, welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. I'm Kate. This is Mike. And we have an awesome interview with you. Well, for you. (laughs) Not with you. Unless you're Jennifer Rossiopi, in which case this interview is with you. So we just wrapped up an interview with our friend and origin resident astrologer, Jennifer Rossiopi. She is a coach and astrologer who incorporates evidence-based science, women's wellness expertise, and positive psychology, as well as an extensive knowledge of the cosmos. And she founded the Lunar Logic Revolution. And she's amazing in terms of her ability to explain astrology and how it can apply to our lives and take a pretty esoteric topic and make it really grounded, which is why she's really my most favorite astrologer. So Mike and I have used her for both natal chart readings, so just basic astrology readings, as well as she has been an advisor to lay out our launches. And I do believe part of the reason our first ever origin launch was so wildly successful was because we planned the dates with Jennifer based on the cosmos. And of course, our next origin launch is coming up. And right now we have the Sustainable Success Workshop available over at sustainablesuccessworkshop.com. And we planned when to release those videos with Jennifer, according to the stars and the planets and the moon. Her work has been seen on the Huffington Post, Daily Worth, in Condonast and many other places. She's a teacher at Soul Camp. And I just love Jen. We talked about how to manifest using lunar cycles. She told us her really intense story of having cancer twice under the age of 20 and having a radical hysterectomy and what she learned going through that experience and how she got in touch with her sort of precognitive abilities. And we also talked about how to plan your launches according to the moon and the cosmos, what's going on right now politically and in our world, and how we can prepare and how we can lead. And we talked about a concept called, what was it called, honey? Skillful. Skillful means. Skillful means. That's it. Yeah. Of course, I can't remember what it is. But no, the skillful means the ability to navigate times of chaos and we, we talked a lot and about how you handle that resilience yeah resilience is a good one yeah she thought of what was one of your favorite parts of the conversation oh i just was laughing why are you i was wondering why you're laughing at me because you started out like you were like yelling into the micro <laughs> we're sitting three feet away from each That's other okay matt can the, adjust my the, audio levels the, the, the microphone is three I'm inches from excited, okay? I, I know. i'm just excited you're about so, jennifer you're so, you're so loud <laughs> it's like your sneezes <laughs> Kate has extremely loud sneezes. I noticed that's a thing, though. Somebody else... Wasn't it Amber Lilliestrom and her husband, Ben? Remember. Didn't they have really... She has really loud sneezes it or something? Be. I just liked... She also, from an astrology perspective, if you happen to not know that much about it, she explains it really well for people like me. I mean, I understand the concepts of what it's about, but I don't know all the zodiac signs. I don't know plant you know retrograde and all of these you know the hot topic keywords that come with astrology so she's able to explain it in a way that folks like myself are able to understand it so and that's what we and any questions like that that i would lose like consciousness about i would basically not really lose consciousness but lose focus <laughs> on what she was several times, several times. <laughs> i would just ask her like what the definition or what that means and she did a great job of it so i really liked her take on because I asked the question about like, does astrology and where the world lines up right now? Because I've been very active in kind of the political scene of what's happening and paying attention to what's going on and really diving in and where people stand. And just does that line up with where the planets are from an astrology perspective? So, I mean, she's probably gave the best answer I've heard thus far. Totally. Like, of anyone, like about any of this. So it's been great. And just kind of how you have like really how we Kate and I and you as a listener and what you can do about that to really 
not necessarily get carried away in the emotion of the whole thing where you're able to move forward productively is a good way to put it. Absolutely. Where it doesn't drain you, it's energizing you during this time. Basically, to give you a little hint, it's not going to end anytime soon is what she was pretty much saying. The intensity the intensity of yeah, climate itself as well as everything else that we have going on. Yeah. Leadership. Yes. Also make sure you listen in until the end because this coming Thursday, October twenty sixth, astrologically speaking, is the luckiest day of the year. So she gives you some hints as to how to capitalize on that energy and that's at the end of the interview. Great. So enjoy. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Kate and Mike show. I'm Kate. This is Mike. And today we have our guest that we told you about in the intro, Jennifer Rossiopi, who I have just loved getting to know a little bit better over the past six months or so. And yeah, we're going to talk about the moon and the cosmos and how they affect us, especially how they affect us in business. So Jennifer, I would like to start off by asking you... When did you first fall in love with astrology and how did you learn about it? Yeah. I mean, I think I've had a lifelong relationship with astrology. Before you explain that, (laughs) for the newbies of the world, can you explain what astrology is? Okay. Before, yeah, let's go all the way back. So, yeah, yeah. So astrology is nothing more than the study of the stars, and it really begins with this core belief that as above, so below, and that we're all connected, and that the moment we take our first breath or the moment any entity in our life takes a first breath, be it a business, a baby, a contract, around a house, the life cycle of that entity is reflected in the cosmos at that moment. So astrology is a leap of faith. It's not an empirical science, yet there's so much anecdotal evidence to support that this is true, that the position of the cosmos from how we see it from Earth impacts the qualities, the temperament, the growth potential of whatever's being born. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Now, how did you get started? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I had a... I was very intuitive growing up, always had precognition before things happened, had an understanding of things before they unfolded from a really early age, and I didn't really understand what astrology was or that I'd even actually be interested in it, but I would say right around high school where I was going shopping by myself with my friends, I was always gravitating towards all things new age, reading books that my other friends had really no interest in reading, and I picked up the birthday book that, you know, you go to your day and it describes you. And I just couldn't get over that there was a book that was so generic yet so specific to me. And that was pretty fascinating. And then I got into Jamie Sands, I think that's the name, Animal Totem Cards, and started seriously playing around with those and was just really intrigued, generally intrigued. But it wasn't until years later that I actually took to astrology like my life depended on it because at that point my life did depend on it. I had had cancer at a young age and consequently a radical hysterectomy when I was 19. Hmm. So I lost all reproductive functioning at a very early age and my life went on a pretty intense healing path to recover. And I actually turned to your mom, Kate, you know, she, Louise Hay, these way showers where really helping me understand the psychosomatic experience of what created my cancer because I had two diagnoses and I just really didn't want a third. And so I was pretty lost but had guides and I stumbled in the back of a New Age bookstore in Tahoe City one really late spring after I was wrapping up teaching ski lessons in Tahoe for a season and I had my tarot cards read by a woman who basically knew my life within five seconds of me sitting down and reflected back to me that I had a couple of choices in front of me and that one was go home to where I was from. And I was seriously considering that at that time. And she said, if you go that direction, I just see you getting sick again. And she said, and then there's this other direction that you could go where you start to really live an authentic life and you figure out what you want. And she's like, and there's just a lot of healing there. And so in that moment, I was just like, okay, you know, you're, you're talking about my attention. And she went on to tell me that she just saw that I had a very big disconnection from my feminine cycles and that getting back in touch with feminine rhythm was really important to my healing process. And I had no idea what she was talking about. <laughs> How old were you when this was going on? I was uh, 21. No, yeah, had just turned 21. 
maybe not even, anyway, it must have been just right before I turned 21, around that time pe- period. And, and I really didn't know what she was talking about. I was brought up Catholic and had dipped my toes in affirmations and mind-body medicine, but, you know, feminine rhythms was a whole different level. And then she started to tell me about the moon the phases of the moon, about how I could start working with the moon to do this healing. And and again, it just was like, what? But she invited me to a sweat lodge in her house up on the west shore of Lake Tahoe. And I went and it was actually the initiation of another girl who just got her period for the first time. And I got to sit in circle inside of a sweat lodge and I was saged before I went in and they, you know, feathered me with smoke. And before I went in, they had said that I had a really big third eye, but I had shut it down due to fear and that while in the sweat lodge I should meditate on opening it so I did and you know as I left that day I'll never forget this I put my five speed in reverse looked up in the rear view mirror and there was an oval protrusion between my two eyes that was just like big and round or oval and it was there for like three or four days wow um, so it was like a literal clearing of a third eye it was so wild. I didn't have a picture of it. I seriously wouldn't even believe it that that had happened, but it's true. (laughs) And so then I was like, all right, what is this lady talking about? What is this moon stuff? And basically she held me through understanding how to start to work with the moon cycles to heal. I come from a wonderful family. At the time, there was quite a bit of dysfunction happening in it, to say the least. So I was financially on my own for the most part. And my spirit said move to San Francisco to finish college in San Francisco. But like my bank account did not say that that was possible. (laughs) There was no money to support this. But I learned that by working with all sorts of tools of manifestation and the phases of the moon that I could really make things happen. So my first big success was manifesting an apartment in San Francisco for $450 a month that I could move into. And I had gotten accepted into San Francisco State University before that, but I had totally forgotten. I was already a California resident, so there was just a lot of support there. And that's how it happened. You know, I went from Lake Tahoe to San Francisco by myself, didn't know a single soul to start over. And I had this wonderful blueprint on how to work with the moon phases and an apartment for $450. (laughs) And I just started religiously practicing with the phases of the moon. And then over time, I started studying other planetary cycles. And I think it's kind of like a blind person learns to read Braille to get by. Like I didn't have ovaries or a uterus and I had no natural rhythm. So I just started using planetary cycles to understand where I was in relationship to time. Mm. Wow. That's Mm. an incredible story. So a hysterectomy is they remove your ovaries and your uterus. Sometimes. The hysterectomy is always the uterus, but sometimes you keep your ovaries and sometimes you don't. A radical hysterectomy is the removal of your uterus and your ovaries. And I had had an ovary grow a tumor the size of a bowling ball. Oh my goodness. And grow so big that it pressed into my ribs that I couldn't breathe before. And I found that out six weeks after I graduated high school. And growing up in my high school years, I had horrific, horrendous periods. I was always at the doctor trying to figure out what was wrong. And I was always told that I was a normal girl with typical hormonal imbalances and to take the pill. So it wasn't until this tumor got so big that I couldn't breathe that it was detected. So that was removed immediately in an emergency surgery to save my life. And then a year later, I had had another diagnosis of really aggressive endometrial cancer. And at that point, they just told me I had to surrender my uterus and my cervix. And they severely, like, strongly recommended the other ovary, too, just because ovarian cancer is so hard to detect. And I've had so many thoughts about that since that moment. But that was 1998. I was 18, 19, 19 years old. And I was at the University of Pennsylvania Hospital, and I trusted my doctors. And there was no real Internet or blogs yeah. to research these things on. And I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. So you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to, but I am curious, given that you're a student of my mom's work and of Louise Hay, and there is that really interesting quote that cancer is the physical manifestation of a metaphor for 
the extreme need to grow. And I cannot remember who said that quote, but maybe we can find it for the, for the show, no- show notes. Do you have a sense in your young self? I mean, that's so young. Like what? Now, I don't believe that we are to blame for our illnesses in any way. And I think that we can get really confused in the metaphysical world around like that we caused cancer or whatever ailment we're having versus there being an energetic pattern there. So do you have a sense of what kind of energetic patterns were happening for you around that? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, I've done a gazillion years of therapy, I feel like, since then. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> I know, I'm only 38 years old, but I feel like I've done more therapy. But, yeah, you know, and actually it's a good gateway to even talking about astrology. I was born at a really tense moment in the sky where there were there was a really intense karmic fingerprint on my life. And I grew up in an Italian patriarchal family where... I don't know that if I wasn't seen as equal, but I knew my brother had more status and I didn't want to be a girl. You know, like I saw my mom suffer in a way. I saw my grandmothers suffer in a way. And I also experienced some sexual assault early on in my life. And I actually remember crying as a teenager and like my hands over my stomach just saying like, I don't want to pass this on. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is dangerous. There's something here that I, that I don't feel safe about and I don't want to replicate this pattern. So I consciously prayed away the capacity and, you know, there's just a lot of shame and on, I didn't have skillful means, you know, Mm -hmm. like now I like, I understand what skillful means means and what skillful means looks like at that time I didn't. And so there's a lot of anger, a lot of hurt, a lot of fear, a lot of generational shame and pain that I certainly took on. Yeah. And, you know, and given that we're talking about things that are woo in nature, I will also say that I also had a premonition in my journal that I wasn't going to have children of my own. So when I found out that I couldn't, it actually didn't shock me at all. I mean, there's a lot that I'm saying here that would have one jump to the conclusion that I was somewhat well-prepared for what my fate was, given Mm -hmm. how much pain I was in. But I also felt like I had psychic support around that, too. And so this is what drove me, obviously, into astrology, because there were no real answers that made sense for me until I really started penetrating the esoteric laws of the universe and looking at things from a really different angle. Yeah, Hmm. Can you talk about what skillful means means? Yeah. So skillful means is actually a word I picked up from Sarah von Stover. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's something she talks about in her books, but I was at a training with her and she just kept referring to skillful means. I'm like, I'm going to take that word on because that just makes so much sense. And it just, how do we appropriately handle what we're going through with skill? Like what's a skillful means in this situation look like? You know, my childhood was rough. My teenagers were rough. I needed a lot more skill in how I handled yes. it. I know? understand. And so for you now, it seems like astrology has become really part of your skillful means. And I know we've brought that in. I find it incredibly helpful. I mean, just this morning I was texting with a friend of mine and he's going through a bumpy time. And I was like, go to Jennifer Rossiope's Instagram and read what she said about today with Jupiter conjunct Uranus. And I need to follow this. Yeah. Because I was like, it's so helpful, just like you said, like there's what's going on on the human level and we can get very, or at least I can get very bogged down and have witnessed my friends getting very bogged down in like, this is happening to me and what's going on in my little world here. But then when we take it to the cosmic level and there's a greater explanation, it's not to use the universe or the cosmos as a scapegoat or to not take responsibility for our own part in it. But for me, it's very soothing to know that there is a cosmic pattern affecting me that's impacting my life. And then what I choose to do with that is my own thing. But I've just found your work extremely helpful for that. And I like the way you talk about it because I followed astrology you know, my whole life. But there's something about the way you explain it that I find really 
digestible. So thank you for that. And the way that you frame it specifically for entrepreneurs. Yeah, well, thank you. You know, I'm a student of astrology first and foremost as well, but I'm a student of so much more. Yeah. And I'm also a student of positive psychology, of entrepreneurship, of integrative wellness. And I really believe that we have choice. You know, I could have died when I was a teenager. I like really could have died. That was potential. When I look at my chart, that was an endpoint for me, mm, potentially. Wow. You know, and I chose. I just remember being in the hospital and everyone was so sad for me and everyone was so panicked for me. And I was kind of like, what's everyone so sad and panicked about? I'm fine. Wow. You know, this sucks, but I know that I have something else to do with this life. That's way bigger than this. So listen, people, we're all going to be okay. And you just turn down just a notch, <laughs> you know? And so I really believe that we our personal agency and how we respond to things activates our core qualities of resilience. And I didn't have the language of resilience then. That's something I've learned through my studies of positive psychology. But life is never going to be perfect. You know, we'll have perfect days. We'll have perfect experiences within the confines of our life. Where we have, like, perfect hair and everything goes great. <laughs> you know, and, like, catch all the green lights and woohoo, we get the big thing. And that's an experience. And I love that. And I treasure that. And I'm grateful for that. And life is inevitably challenging, especially when you're going for great. You know, where I know in my experience, every next thing I accomplish, I have to up level. And that's a whole experience in and of itself. So I just believe that how we frame things and how we look at things activates our core capacity to be resilient. And all resilience means is to face life exactly as it is without needing to change it, fix it, make it better and rise anyway. Yeah. So everything can be going wrong and we can still rise anyway. Totally. Thank you for that. Yeah. So you talked about, you know, specifically manifesting your move to San Francisco and using the lunar cycles to begin to manifest resources and support. So can you walk us through, you know, an example? Maybe I'll give you an example of manifestation. Yeah. To manifest something. Oh, you want to manifest something? Yeah. Okay, great. So let's get, we'll use my yeah, yeah, yeah. guinea pig. This just started. What today. do you want, honey? So you don't know about this yet. You're about to find out about this live. <laughs> Well, first, I had, like, was it last year? Remember I had that circle here? Yeah, that, appeared? that was that so weird. That oval on your forehead. Sorry, I'm pointing to, for those of you listening, you can't see. But, like, I had a third eye, Everyone's basically. listening because we're not publishing the oh, video. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, for Jennifer and Kate and I, we can visually see what's going on. But, like, directly in the middle of my forehead, in the middle, yeah, like, was it was weird. one day, it just... The circle formed, and it was yeah. there for three or four days. Yeah. yeah, so you had your third eye. You were having yeah. a, a psychic clearing. Is that what that means? Is that what that is? I mean, that's how I interpret it. Yeah. You know, like, especially if it lasted a few days. I mean, I would have a lot more questions for you. Like, what were you doing? What was coming up? Did you? I'm trying I, to remember know. when it was. Because we weren't living here yet. No. And I can't remember if it was it was in Underwood. Well, I can go back through text messages because I know I emailed Penny. Okay. Yeah. So let's, we'll go back. So, yeah, anyway. Okay, manifestation. So I've been, so I used to listen to Lincoln Park like religiously, right? Yeah. All the time when I was in high school and college and all that stuff. And Chester, the, he was the lead vocalist for Lincoln Park, just committed suicide like one, maybe two months ago or something. And then Lincoln Park like put out this video to honor him in about a couple of weeks ago. And I knew they were doing a concert to honor him. And for some reason, when I first saw it, I was like, I should go there. And then I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's like, we're doing a lot of traveling and I'll just, whatever. But today I woke up and I was just like, I should go to this concert. And I don't know why. So I go and look on these tickets for Lincoln Park tickets in LA. And there's only one. And they raised all the money is going to charity to help with depression, suicidal, yeah. all this stuff. And so all the tickets are sold out. So you can't get them anymore. So now I'm trying to find tickets. What's the to show go- date? October 27th. Okay. What else is going on then? Why I'm in Detroit at the women's conference. Oh, crap. But we could talk about it. Well, no, I could just take Penelope with me. (laughs) This is live on air negotiations. Darn it. But let's talk about it. Let's let's pretend I'm not going because maybe I'm not. And let's well, talk about manifesting in the frame yeah. of, because it's just kind of a fun. But I could yeah. also, even if we get tickets somehow, they, they manifest these tickets. 
we could fly my mom in or whoever. Somebody could we stay with Penelope. So, so yeah, what do you, what's, is that the sort of thing that I know you, you, we've just, so you guys know, we is listening. We have worked with Jennifer on launch dates and planning out our promotional calendar for the year around what's going on in my chart, the business's chart, the cosmos in general. But I, we've never talked about like manifesting with you specifically. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring up tickets because I got thrown to the wolves at a young age, you know, as a teenager. You're a ticket broker on the side. (laughs) Uh, No, but one of the things I did to, like, just really feel like I was healing was I went and I saw a lot of rock concerts. Mm. You know, like, that that was my jam. Like, I would just really want to go and see live music. As a matter of fact, when I was really in the worst of my worst with cancer, my friends would come over and they like drop off balloons and they're like, bye, we're going to like see Pennywise, you know, or like these bands at the time that were meaning, really meaningful yeah. to yeah. me. And I was pissed, you know, I'm like, thank you for the get well soon balloon, but man, I wish I was with you. Yeah. So it became a thing for me wanting to go to shows. And again, like definitely didn't have a trust fund or any kind of money in that way. So I would manifesting tickets was one thing that I'd always do. And so, you know, I actually think that we can manifest with the phases of the moon or we can just manifest, you know, like I love how you talk about the egg experience and origin, which is just like really attracting. So I I just want to say, you don't have to work with the phases of the moon to manifest. Manifestation comes from like, I don't even know how to say it. Like just a desire that makes no sense, right? Like when you want something that just doesn't make sense, but you know, you need it. That's like how you know that you can manifest it. It's like that sense of like, it didn't make sense that I wanted to go see live music. And, you know, it didn't make sense that I was always trying to get into sold out shows. It didn't make sense that, you know, so many things I did didn't make sense <laughs> like at all. But I knew no matter what I needed to do it. Like, for example, after studying this for several years, I set the intention to travel around the world on one way tickets with like $5,000. And just to test, like if you jump, will the net appear? And I did it. Like I traversed the globe on one-way tickets by myself with zero plans and like not a lot of money. And so I will say, like, I think the first step is just having a clear desire and understanding that what you want might not be reasonable, but the fact that you want it and the fact that you feel like you not need to have it. Cause like, look, these are first world problems, but like, there's something healing about you having that experience is reason enough to rally around it. And then I think manifestation is a game of intention and focus. Like what are you intending? Are you focusing on it? Are you really putting yourself in the context of believing you can have it? And then are you showing up, right? What I learned about manifesting concert tickets is that sometimes you just actually have to be there, Yeah. you know, the day of to like literally get that one ticket that is, going, you know, to be left outside or whatever. And so to take the risk on behalf of showing up. But if we put that in the context of manifesting with the phases of the moon, the phases of the moon are a complete revolution every single month. You know, the moon goes through every single zodiac sign every single month, whereas the sun goes through every single zodiac sign every single year. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, say that one more time. So the moon goes through the entire zodiac on a monthly basis, the sun goes through the entire zodiac on a yearly basis. And what's a zodiac? So the zodiac is are the constellations. Okay. They're basically the foundation, if you will, of astrology, like the difference, the 12 signs. Okay, got it. And so the moon will move through the 12 signs, switching signs approximately every two and a half days, completing a cycle approximately every 29 and a half days. And so that revolution is a complete revolution. So we can take something from seed on a new moon to complete fruition by the next new moon if we really, really, really work with it carefully. So before I go any further, I just want to make sure, does that make sense or do you have questions or any way you want to guide that? No, I mean, like the sun is moving through the zodiac signs frequently. Well, no. No, the Earth is revolving around the sun. So it's a year. Oh, got it. Okay. So the sun, yeah, once a month. Right? It changes. The sun changes zodiac signs once a month, and the moon changes well, no, no. zodiac signs every two and a half days. I think I'm explaining this wrong. I'm sorry. Let me take it back. I'm, I probably misstated. The Earth revolves around the sun. Well, right. The, <laughs> the sun's not going anywhere. The moon revolves around the Earth. 
The Earth goes through the entire zodiac in a year. The moon goes through the entire zodiac in a month. So the the sun doesn't move, right? Right, right. Thank you for that reminder. (laughs) The sun is the center of the universe. And then all the planets revolve around the sun. And the Earth's rotation around the sun is, is what we call a year. The moon's rotation around the Earth, which consequently goes around all the zodiac at the same time, is a month. Am I making sense? Yes, totally. that makes sense. Okay. That's why you have half moons, full moons, all of that. Right. I'm st- you got I'm, it. Yes. Okay. You got it. I'm following. You got it. Yeah. Which is why Kay created Origin that lines up with the cycles of the woman with the moon. And then it all, right? I just tied it all together. <laughs> that was really, it. yeah. Something like that. Because it lines up with the cycles of the woman. <laughs> and there you have it. No. <laughs> Right. But it's true, because if we look at what, what the female energy does and what the woman's energy does is it creates, and it creates in sync with, I believe, the cosmos, that can be argued, but the fact that the female reproductive cycle is the exact same length of the lunar cycle is... It's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. Right, It's no. not a mistake. So the cycle of manifestation, back to the point begins with a seed or an intention. And if we think about that from the perspective of the moon, the new moon is a time when the sun and the moon are at the same degree in the sky. So the moon represents like the subconscious and the emotion and the sun represents life force energy. And they align at the same degree in the sky and it's actually quite fertile. It's a dark night. I liken it to a black canvas. Like it's just blank. And we can decide what we're going to paint that month, if you look at it as a metaphor perspective. So new moons are wonderful times to set intentions. And I learned through the work of doing this for so many years that when we do things, you know, when we bring in all the manifestation techniques, all the manifestation tools, like, you know, intention setting, positive affirmations, prayer, connecting with angels, guides, and etheric beings of light, however you define that, visualization, and we actually do them in sync with the cycles of the moon, we're taking our best tools and we're using physics, if you will, to have what Elisa Vitti would call forward vector motion, when things start to cycle on their own just through the laws of physics. So the new moon is really a wonderful time to set intentions and to claim a vision. Does that, am I resonating? Yep. And then as the moon begins to wax, you know, we start to gradually see a little bit of the moon every single night. So we start to see that waxing crescent phase, and then we see the waxing quarter phase, and then we see the waxing gibbous phase, and then we see the full moon, right? That's about two weeks between a new moon and a full moon. And we start to see the totality of the moon emerge as the moon actually just becomes into a position where it can gain the light of the sun and reflect it back to us on earth. But if we use it as a metaphor for manifestation, that's a time to do a lot of like young manifesting, a lot of active manifesting. So to put it in the example of you wanting to be at this concert, those would be the times where you, you know, the first two weeks of the lunar cycle are really about you. um, Which is after the full moon. Nope. This is the new moon on, which is, it's just, for where we are right now because we're actually at the waxing quarter right now. But again, that's why I'm like, you don't really need to wait for the moon to manifest. There are other ways to manifest, but since the question's about the moon, I'm giving that example. Right. Is, am I confusing you? No. I'm, so it I'm, starts at the new moon. The waxing, the new moon, the waxing full moon, it's all like confusing. Bigger. Waxing means the moon is getting bigger. So why is it called a new moon? Because yeah. there's nothing. Well, it's called a new moon. Because the moon, it's, a, it's there. You can see yeah. the moon. What do you it's mean it's nothing? Question. It is a great it's, question. Because to me, like a new moon is like comes after the full moon. Because it's, it's at the beginning of a new rotation. You got it. Okay. Got it. So it's a new got moon. It it's, would be like month. I'm sure the word month has a root word in the word moon. Don't oh, you probably. think? Yeah. Probably. I don't I mean, know. I'm not a Latin scholar. Me neither. We could look it up. But we could look it up. Yeah. Okay. But it's a new moon because the sun and the moon are aligned. Right, they're they're in the same degree in the sky. So we're actually another way to describe it, Mike, is we never see a full moon. We only ever see a half moon. You know, when you see the moon in the sky, you're not seeing the whole moon. You're seeing the face of the moon. Right. And you're seeing it because the sun is opposite the moon and capable 
of receiving the light of the sun and reflecting it back to Earth. So the moon's really a mirror. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Nobody and actually ever sees the full moon unless you're like looking outside the window at the moon. Well, you can't. In space. Even yeah. then, you would only see But you're only see seeing one, one side. Yeah, you, you can't. It's like you can see the circumference of it as in the, right. the circular position of it, but you can't actually really take it in as right. whole. Got as it. full. But it, at the time of the new moon, you don't see any moon at all. And that's because there's no distance between them for us to get the reflection. Got it. So in astrology, it's called a conjunction. In esoteric law, it's like marrying masculine and feminine. It's just a highly fertile moment. And it's a low point. You know, we don't have any moonlight. And so for women in origin, women who want to be in origin, women who are curious about learning more about this, especially if they want to match the manifestation of their business, origin is a great place to go with this. They learn that, that that's the beginning of a cycle. That, and to understand what their bodies are going through then, right? What does it feel like at the time of the new moon? What are their energy patterns at the time of the new moon? What does skillful means mean for them? come the new moon because it they, it may feel really different you know for me at the new moon than it does for Kate at the new moon and so part of this is actually learning how we feel during these different phases but if we just look at the concrete principles the new moon's the beginning of a cycle so it's a time to set intentions and it's a beginning because the moon has made it all the way back to being in exact alignment with the sun the sun represents life force energy the moon represents subconscious emotional drive put them together it's one hell of a fertile moment Make sense? Yes. And so if we claim an intention at that time and start to really own that, right? This is what I want, this lunar cycle. This is what I'm working on at this point in my life. And then we bring in the manifestation techniques like, well, visualization, affirmation, and the positive mojo that we've learned through so many experts on how to manifest from the law of attraction and beyond. You know, things are actually really aligned versus just... You know, I've been in times in my life where, well, I've known this for almost 20 years now. So when the law of attraction really hit the market, I immediately went to, well, how do you sync this up with the phases of the moon? But I know so many people have come to me like, well, I was trying this law of attraction thing, but it wasn't really working. What was wrong? I'm like, oh, well, you know, we can just tweak it a little bit and you'll get better results. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of a tweak to like do the right thing at the right time. Yes, um, totally. To call things in. And so the waxing phase is a really wonderful time to be aggressive and assertive if that feels good for your body. But, you know, for the most part, it's a time of waxing. It's a follicular energy. It's a building. And that's when you would want to put a, exert effort towards the attainment of your goal. The full moon is often an illumination of what's holding you back. Where are you subconsciously? Where do you say you want this thing, but you're actually not really ready for it? And there's more work to be done to prepare for it. Or it can just be the ripening of your desire. You know, at that point, come the full moon, you might just tangibly be holding that concert ticket or tangibly be in alignment with what you say you want. And then the moon begins to wane. And the waning energy is very different because it's dissemination. You know, it's a losing of light. It's a release. And at that time, it's a wonderful opportunity to start thinking about what's holding you back. You know, can you really believe that you're going to be at the Lincoln Park concert? Have you figured out accommodations for your child? Have, do you really actually want this? Is this a true desire for you? Or is this just the ego grabbing and having FOMO uh, around not, you know, missing it out, missing out on something? And to start to do the work of getting clear around what's subconsciously or consciously holding you back from what you say you want. What's energetically blocking, you know, Kate, you're a feng shui expert. So for so many waning moons would like go through my house and look for clutter. Hmm, you know, that's space. a great practice to do during the waning moon. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Space clearing rituals. Like how do totally. I energetically up the vibe in my home? Are there attunements I could be doing mm -hmm. to really magnify what I'm working with here? You know, I consciously work with fire during the waning moon cycle and I burn things that are no longer in alignment. They could be like thoughts that I have that are really not in alignment with what I say I want. Or when I was working, though, like, I get out of debt, you know, like I, I would really look and assess like, what kind of debt do I have? Like, what do I need to do? And then maybe like I would get a plan and burn those damn papers that said I owed all this money and just like begin to really imagine it being lifted, surrendered. And so it's the act of letting go of obstacles that stand in the path between what we say we want and where we actually are. And that, and when we look at it in context of the moon losing light, 
you know, I just think it's like a metaphor to let go. As the moon wanes, we can just send out the obstacles on our path with it. Mm-hmm. That's great. So like on a new moon, let's say, you know, I'll often light a candle and write my desire list and, you know, plant that seed of intention. So what are some great full moon rituals, mm-hmm. practices? The full moon's tricky because... When I first started working with the moons, I was also had a lot of anxiety after my cancer experience, and I had some pretty serious PTSD that I needed to work through. And so one of the first things I noticed that new moons, I felt really calm and centered, and full moons, I felt triggered as, can I curse? Mm -hmm. Triggered as fuck. (laughs) And so I, you know, had to craft full moon rituals that actually helped me hone my energy rather than spin out. Yeah. And so I would say before you even go into crafting rituals, like me diagnostically saying, do this on a full moon, always self-reference first and understand how you feel at full moons. Assuming full moons are not triggering and there's no contraindication for what how you feel at a full moon, some of my favorite things to do are set your altar. Consciously, like light candles. I, you know, I am I'm a little traditional in that I work with the elements and I work with the directions. And so I'll call in the east, the south, the west, the north, you know, like I'll set an experience to communicate with what I think is magic and have an embodiment experience. So to feel full on the moon, you know, to feel like I'm actually okay, just as I am. And to have that experience of resonating in my body, of being fully present. Mm. Um, When I first learned this, you know, the instruction was like to actually go out underneath the moon and charge up on lunar light and allow your body to really fill up on that power. You know, some of the traditions I learned were like bake cookies in the shape of a moon, you know, and like make a moon altar and like offer them and then eat the cookie and like really feel the experience or bless a glass of wine. You know I mean? It's pretty like almost like hokey priestess stuff, but it's really meaningful for me when I was healing the disconnect within myself. I love Epsom salt baths on a full moon. I love really great incense on a full moon. Now that I run my own business, I also know that I can just get a lot done on a full moon. Yeah, because so, it's like a high energy time for you. Yeah, it's a high energy time. So that these are the times where I like don't necessarily honor my bedtime. Yeah. You know, like I will stay up. And if I have a big writing project I'm working on, I will work. If I have like a lot of emails in my inbox yeah. and like just collecting dust, like I will plow through them. If I have house projects, like I will organize, situate because I, it's, it's an energetic high for me. Mm-hmm. And rather than fight it, I'd rather just be practical. Yeah, I but love I a, that. Like yeah. make hay while the sun shines. You got it. You yeah. got it. So it's, it's a time where I can, my body's rhythms are more forgiving because I'm being fed through a different energy system. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Now for business owners, because most of our listeners are business owners, how can we plan projects or launches in accordance with the lunar cycles. I know it's quite complicated because we all have our own individual chart. And so the way the moon impacts each person's chart is quite different. But are there some general guidelines that you could share to to power up people's launches or just schedule with the moon? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been working with entrepreneurs now for years. I've worked on so many launches and some of the, the most basic tricks for entrepreneurs are to just know when the new moons and the full moons are first and foremost, to just understand that there are cycles on a monthly basis that impact our productivity, that impact how we even relate to our work. And so just start to notice like 101, understand that there's a cycle happening and when they happen. And I would even get a calendar that tells you like when the new moons and the full moons are. Basic principles are new moons, and it's really the day or two after a new moon. Like, the new moon itself isn't like the day you want to go out there and make all this shit happen. It's like new moons in and of themselves are kind of sacred. They're like, you know, if you honor the calendar of, like, a Christian calendar, Sunday's the day you go to church, you know? Or new moons are the day to listen, not necessarily talk. Mm -hmm. And hear so that when you do talk, you're actually incorporating some sense of wisdom in what you're saying. And then the days immediately after a new moon are wonderful times to plant seeds. So that would be a great time to 
start to ramp up energy in the direction of a launch, to maybe put out an offer, to plant a seed that you want to see grow. Full moons, on the other hand, can make everything feel really, really, really big. In my experience, meetings on full moons are exciting and there's a lot that's said, but maybe not a lot that's actually grounded Mm. because the energy is so high, it's charged from the full moon, that maybe it's a lot of talk, no action, you know? So actually, I don't try to plan big meetings on full moons because I just know that it's going to be a lot and maybe not everything's going to get followed through on. But to put it back in the context of your listeners, the basic principles are new moons begin a cycle. Full moons are that point of reflection in the midst of a cycle. Waning moons are release points. Now, you know, you don't have to launch with a new moon and there's no perfectionism here. These are just guiding principles. And oftentimes you launch contraindicated to what the moon cycle is because you have to for many reasons. And that's just is what it is. But to understand the cycles of creation and understand the physics, I think is a value and a virtue and even, even in and of itself. And then to understand how you feel in relationship to that. So as we've seen in origin, many of the women are cycling opposite the moon or in a different cycle than the moon. And so I love how you once described it, like your cycle is actually the black dress and everything else is like the, you know, whatever accent to it. So to also understand the cycle of your body, I think is really important, particularly for female entrepreneurs. But, you know, hard and fast on how to use electional astrology in your business, there's a thing called void of course moons. And that's actually a very kind of tricky, but not that tricky concept to explain. So the moon changes signs every two and a half days. And before it changes signs, it makes its last aspect to any planet. And once it makes its last aspect, it goes void. And it stays void until it ingresses into the next sign. When the moon is void, it's probably not a good time to send your mailer, to have your important meeting to ask your big question. Like today I have a big ask for people that I'm sending out and I like literally waited until 1233 when the moon moved into Capricorn today because before that it was void of course. Like, Why would I send something when it's void of course? Not a good idea. Because void of course is kind of dead energy. It's not mm. to say it's dead, things will happen, but you don't want to make big asks. When the moon's void, you want to like let things go. The void moon is probably a good time to like go put your taxes in the mail or press send, you know, because you don't actually want to draw attention to, to your taxes necessarily or, you know, like things like that, that you maybe are just completing but not hoping for a big response from. But yeah, so knowing void of course moons, I think is like a pretty big non-negotiable if you want to learn how to start to do this on your own. And most calendars will tell you VOC, void of course And then the next word will be ingress. That's when the moon moves into the next sign. So if you could just learn the basic lingo, I think that that's a big, huge help. Like learn the signs of the moon and then learn void of course moon. And there's a lot you can do with just that. I love it. I learned about void of course moons from you, which I can't believe I had never heard of it before. So thank you for that. How long usually is the course, is the moon void of course It's totally depending on where the planets are. Yeah, like right now we have some planets at late degrees. Jupiter's leaving soon, so it's hovering at late degrees of Libra. And so when we have planets at like 27 degrees, there's only 30 degrees in a zodiac sign. So the moon's going to do something with that degree before it moves on. And sometimes we have planets in all early degrees, and so then we'll have these long void of courses. But it really depends on okay. where the so planets just are. just be yeah. on your calendar when you get it. Okay. Yeah. I got a question. I'm curious, like, as we are in the world at this moment in time, there's a lot of craziness happening. Mm-hmm. So, like, hurricanes and earthquakes and, you know, we got Trump. That's a whole, like, that's a moon in itself. 530 mm-hmm. every morning we get a whole new moon. So, like, where are we? Does that line up? Like, all the craziness that's happening kind of line up with what's going on? And then how does it look for, like, the rest of 2017? You know, I'm just curious. Are we going to be okay, Jess? (laughs) You guys, we've seen worse. We're yeah, we okay. definitely see it. Now yeah. it's just with social media and stuff, it's just, it's it, like the way we get news now, it's just amplified. It's so yeah. And it's so constant. But I also don't think that that's a bad thing, no. you know, no. because we actually need to be aware. Totally. Correct. Um, 
you know, and this is where I come back to resilience because we can face life exactly as it is and rise anyway. And when we have the skills of resilience and we have really good self-care in place, life doesn't have to be perfect for us to be evolving and evolving in a really progressive direction. So we are definitely in a time where we need resilience, you know, even just where we are from a climate perspective, we have to be resilient. We have to be hurricane resilient. We have to be, you know, like if we live in these hurricane zones, my family's from South Jersey. We got wiped out during Sandy and my mom is a real estate professional and she owns um, home property in the Florida Keys and we just got destroyed, you know, and it's just like, you can't control that. I mean, I wish you would not buy near water anymore, but you know. You can't control it. You have to be resilient. But the question on astrology is, yeah, shit's going down. We just had a massive eclipse. We had two eclipses in August, and Mercury went retrograde. And in and of itself, like I don't think that that's why we have what we're going through by any means. But the solar eclipse that we just had in August was at 28 degrees of Leo. It really amplified endings. You know, things coming full circle, lots of endings. So we've been in a massive cycle of closures. And then we've also had, you know, even today we have Jupiter opposing Uranus. Jupiter is the biggest planet in the solar system, and Uranus is crazy making. Like, Uranus is an unpredictable planet in and of itself. And when Uranus moved into Aries, on the very first day Uranus moved into Aries almost seven years ago, that was the day of the Japanese earthquakes tsunamis that they faced and Uranus is getting ready to move out of the last and final degrees of Aries he's at 20 I think 27 degrees today when planets are at the end signs of cycles it's almost like the grand finale of the fireworks show where it's like boom and so they it's dramatic it's intense and this year and 2017 we're wrapping up a lot of cycles we're wrapping up Saturn and Sagittarius Saturn changes signs basically every two and a half years. Sagittarius is the sign that loves vision and adventure and big picture thinking. Saturn represses that, right? So Saturn asks us to get really serious about what our purpose is and has us grow through some form of restriction. And so Saturn's getting ready to leave Sagittarius. We can expect between now and the end of the end of the year that all of our lessons that we need to learn around the philosophies we subscribe to the visions we have, Sagittarius rules law, you know, so law, we're, mm-hmm. we're in this moment where there's so much social justice stuff happening. It's like, we're going to get those messages now, like the grand finale of a fireworks performance between now and the end of the year. Uranus leaves Aries in May, moves into Taurus, then retrogrades back into Aries and retrogrades back into Taurus. I think it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride while these planets shake out. And I think we need to be prepared for that. Jupiter is leaving Libra, Jupiter and Libra. Jupiter's been in Libra basically since the, you know, the height of the 2016 election. And since then, we've seen a rise in social consciousness like we haven't seen where everyone's speaking up, speaking out, getting real, talking about social justice. Well, Jupiter and Libra really wants us to get then we need to open our eyes mm-hmm. and see that justice is really important. And we have to give voices to people whose voices have been taken away. And again, Jupiter's at the last degrees of Libra. So we're having a fireworks display of what these messages are. We will be okay, you know, for sure. As a country, as you know, I'm imagining you have listeners from all over the world. Yeah. Um, but here in the United States of America, We've had Saturn go over the ascendant of America's natal chart, and now we're getting ready for our Pluto return. Wow. Yeah, and so Pluto really shows us our shadow. And so Pluto returning to the place it was in the sky the moment they signed the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence, I think it was the Declaration of Independence. Wait, it's, it's coming back to the same place it was when we, they signed the Constitution or the Declaration? I, I'm 99.9% sure that that chart is based on the Declaration of Independence. I can double check that for your footnotes. But yeah, it's returning. We're in the middle of a massive Pluto return, and Pluto shows us our shadow. It's echoing. We're actually not there yet. We have a few years to build to it. But, you know, we're just just getting woke. Yeah. Yeah. So based off what you just said, I agree. I think it's a really good thing that we're experiencing. You know, it's really hard, but there's a lot of clarity that's coming. And it's waking as... It's like waking white people up, as Greg Popovich, the coach of 
the Spurs was basically, you know, it's like, especially white men, I should say, not mm-hmm. necessarily women. You and know, white women. Yeah. White women. I count myself among oh, yeah. that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm also, I just started reading Hillary Clinton's book, What Happened, that she just released. It's really, I'd say it's been fascinating just to read from her perspective because I had a view of her based off mm. policies, what she chose to do in life, et cetera. And so now it's just, it's cool to like hear the other side, mm-hmm. to hear from her. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also reading after this, Katie Turr's book, who was a CNN reporter that followed the Trump campaign for two years. Mm-hmm. So I'm like going to go mm-hmm. from Hillary to, yeah, so I'll get both sides of what's going on. But anyway, so how can we as entrepreneurs and business owners, and I know you talked a lot about this already today, but basically what you just said for what the next, let's say, five years looks like, because it sounds like yeah. it's going to be really kind of crazy. Intense. 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 for five years. So how can we as business owners set ourselves up i don't want to say success or capitalize on like i don't want to go that direction no but, but how do we prepare and how do we yeah. navigate and how do we serve our audiences Correct. knowing this yes. is going to well, be happening back to skillful means how do we apply skillful means oh, in times great. of chaos skillful means right so you know i think i just want to say that there's you know that there are other chances that i haven't mentioned as well with saturn's moving into capricorn at the end of this year capricorn rules government so I, I think it's apropos that we're talking about this. You know, I think we have to take really good care of ourselves and not from a selfish point of view, like, oh, I'm going to tune the world out and just make sure my own needs are met or I'm not going to get mired down in the in the ridiculousness of the world because, you know, I just want to feel good today. I don't mean as a, as a form of numbing out. I mean as a vehicle for our own success. But we're, what we're really talking about here is leadership. Yeah. How do we lead? And I think that mindfulness is at the key, you know, like managing our own energy, taking good care of ourselves, not burning the candle at both ends. is like the foundation, you know, resting when we're tired and eating when we're hungry and breathing <laughs> along the way are the most actually fun. Like my, one of my teachers, Dr. Tal Ben-Shahar says, there's no wow. Like there's no wow. It's just like the basics. Right. But beyond that, I think we have to also be prepared to take some risks and take some risks in our voices and saying things that may maybe we would have never said before, but to lead from a place of integrity. There's, I think Robert Greenleaf wrote the book on becoming a servant leader and understanding servant leadership in that it's not about us at the top, it's about us at the bottom, right? Like what are we doing to support others to rise and how is our leadership in support of them, right? Where it's not about, me, Jennifer Rassiopi, or, you know, it's, a, it's about the people I serve and it's about being an integrity for those people and thinking through in advance, what's the best way I can actually serve them. I think from a financial perspective, we're on a high right now, you know, markets are at an all time high. Mm-hmm. Things are really great. Like I personally think that we're reaping the benefits of the Obama years, but you know, yep. who's to say what all, what all that is. I'm certainly not an economist. I'm an astrologer. But I do think we need to look at things like margins and overhead and make sure that we are we have backing, you know, that we have reserves, that we're not totally winging it to such an extreme that we're super vulnerable financially. And I think that that's a piece of self-care, too. I think consistently working on abundance mindset is really important, which is to say, like, I am capable of generating resources and I have really smart ways of going about that and thinking from a resilience standpoint, like what does resilience look like in my bank account? What does resilience look like from the perspective of my credit and really thinking about weathering difficult times, you know, with that in mind, like it's not always going to be what goes up comes down, you know, like we're not always going to be at the peak. And so to just anticipate that I think is really important, but it's a spiritual question, right? How do you lead in difficult times? How do you stay centered? The other thing is like, I happen to have very left-leaning politics. A lot of people on my list don't have very left-leaning politics. So some of this is not alienating them, you know, calling people in rather than calling people out. Yes, totally. And presenting a vision that makes sense, right? That like... This isn't about right or wrong. This isn't about like you're on that side of the fence, therefore you're alienated. I happen to come from a really Republican family and I happen to have some, I've had some really difficult conversations. And so I'm always in the fire of learning how to like really see things from both ends. And I don't want to distance myself from the people I love over politics, you know, like 
there's so much more there than politics. Mm -hmm. And having had cancer at a young age, I refuse to silence myself. And I refuse to assimilate into something that just doesn't feel good. Like that's my self-care, I won't do that. So I think some of this is just learning tact, you know, like Mm -hmm. how do you speak to difficulty without enraging difficulty? How do you own your truth without needing to conquer someone else's? And I think listening is an underutilized skill in general and inviting people to really be heard is a part of that. And dialoguing, you know, is a big piece of it. And other focused listening is like definitely a tool you learn as becoming a coach. But I think that it's a tool that we all really need to learn as becoming a surviving population. Hmm. Amazing. Cool. Yeah, yeah that was totally. awesome. Thank you. Wow. That was beautiful. I have an, one more question. Oh, you do? Okay. Do You, you can go though. Well, I was just, I know that this coming Thursday, so today this episode comes out on a Tuesday, this coming Thursday is October 26th. And I know it's, Mm -hmm. you told me it's the luckiest day of the year. Mm -hmm. So just to sort of like, I don't know what your question is, honey, but I just kind of wanted to like wind up on sort of a fun note of the luckiest day of the year is in two days. Like what can we do? Let me ask. So you ask yours first and then we'll come back to that. So we have a friend, James Wedmore, that's an expert at Myers-Briggs. He like yep. has studied it forever, right? So yep. do you have – he? and so when he meets somebody within like one minute of meeting that person, he can do their whole Myers-Briggs yeah. in his head. So I want to – is this how you work with this? Like this is completely a random question, but like is that's this – That's a great question. Do you meet somebody and you can start almost like mapping out their – Their chart? Their chart. Yeah. So I will say I try not to. You know, as someone who is psychically porous and has had cancer, part of my self-care really is boundaries. Oh, got um, it. Because I don't want to feel everyone. Honestly, right. it's hard enough feeling me. <laughs> and I'm extremely clairsentient in that I take on other people's feelings, and that's how I get a lot of my messages. And so, you know, I lived in San Francisco for many years. I lived in Brooklyn for 10. Now I'm in the country mostly, and that's, like, great because I, like, actually can feel myself most of the time here as opposed to everyone else. But one of the things I, I don't – it's none of my business, you know. And as someone who works in psychic arts as living, we have to learn to mind our own fucking business a little bit because I don't want to know everything about you or, you know, just the random on the street. When I tune into people and I meet people at a party and I'm getting to know them, I honestly go straight into understanding who they are and I have questions, you know, and like, yes, you know, it does turn on in that way. And my mind thinks in symbols, my mind thinks in years, my mind thinks in the Zodiac, quite honestly, where were planets at that time? What's your core purpose? What's your generational purpose? You know, what are your individual expressions of that based on the time of the year you were born? Are you a full moon baby? Are you a new moon baby? There, it's, it's interesting, right? There's a lot that can be done there. But I think from a practical perspective, in order to be effective at what I do, because I do so many readings every week, I actually just have to turn it on for my clients. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not turning it on for my clients, I kind of don't want to turn it on at all unless I'm in a situation where it's going to serve me or serve someone else. But as a child, I would pick up everything that was everyone else's. And A, I didn't know it wasn't mine. Mm -hmm. And then B, I would just say things, you know, that weren't appropriate because I knew too much. And it actually got me in trouble quite a bit. And it led to quite a big visibility block in life later on. So yeah, I just try to mind my own business as much as when, when needed. (laughs) That's great. Thank you for that. Hmm. That's great advice. Okay. Okay, So, so this is going to be two last questions, this one. And then Mm -hmm. the one that Mike likes. I don't know if we should, you want to end with that one. I think we should change the last final question. Well, then we'll come up with it later. So this is the last question. Yeah. I think I've, I've, I think it was a fun, you played it out. Yeah. Okay. All right. So last question before we tell people how to find you is it's going to be the luckiest day of the year on Thursday. So what should we do about it? Yeah. So Jupiter's conjunct the sun and Jupiter's the planet of good luck, good fortune and abundance. And Jupiter, when Jupiter and the sun align, it's pretty magnanimous. So, you know, I think that this is a really great day to honestly source truth. You know, if we just speak about it from a most esoteric level, Jupiter represents wisdom, abundance, the sun's our core identity. This is a wonderful day 
to check in with yourself. Where are you? What's going on with you? What's coming up for you? What's the big idea? You might like, want to wake up that morning with a pen and paper next to your bed just to write down your dreams. You might want to pay attention to coincidence and synchronicity, follow signs, follow omens. If things come through your inbox that day, pay attention. What are they? What could they be leading you to? It's not necessarily the day to expect like everything's going to be perfect and you're going to get the million dollars, you know, to have appropriate expectations. But as an entrepreneur, certainly this is a wonderful time to maybe debut something, maybe present something online. If you've been never done a Facebook live and you're waiting to do your Facebook live, this is a great day to try it out. You know, it's a time to initiate things. You know, when I see someone born with Jupiter conjunct the sun, like it will be on the 26th, I always say like, well, you, that's like kind of like being born under a lucky star. Mm. You were born with the gifts of Jupiter on your sun. Like that's pretty cool. I rarely see it, but occasionally I do. And so anything that's born that day is going to have that aspect. So plant positive seeds, give birth to something, follow intuition, see where it goes. I'm going to be at soul camp and I'm teaching a lunar, a lunar magic class that day. And I, oh. I timed it to that day. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's a great day to do it. But yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, totally. And what and, day is that again for everybody? Um, it is Thursday, October 26th. And that is the day that the origin cart closes as yeah. well. So we did that yeah. on purpose, obviously. Yeah. We planned it with Jennifer. Oh. So nice. thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you for your wisdom. I learned a lot today. Thank you for your wisdom within the origin community. I know you uplift our empresses every day with your cosmic weather updates. It's really, really helpful to be one of our guiding forces especially for times when you aren't cycling, whether you have had a hysterectomy or you're pregnant or, you know, you're postmenopausal, or there's like a lot of times mm -hmm. when we're not cycling physically as women. So to be able to mm -hmm. tune in to sort of the cycle of the moon, because we are still cyclical beings, whether we are having a menstrual cycle or not is super powerful. So thank you for being the guiding light of that for me and all of our women. So where would you like people to find you? Yeah, well, thank you for having me, the guiding light in the Empress community of origin. It's wonderful to be there. And you can find me on my website, jenniferraciopi.com. And my last name's kind of a mouthful, so I'll spell it R A C I O P P I. You can find me on Instagram at Jen, J E N N R A C I O P P I, or um, Facebook, Jennifer Raciopi. That's awesome. well. And all the links will be in the show notes, which are located where, Kate? At katenwerthup.com forward slash podcast. I also really recommend getting on Jennifer's email list. You are one of the very few people I subscribe to because I just mm -hmm. love, I love getting the hits on like the new moon and the full moon and the transits. And I like the way you put them in the context of the world. So thank you for what you write. Everybody needs to be on your list. Thanks for everything you're doing. And you will remain one of our trusted advisors. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. This is Kate, and I would love to invite you to be part of the Origin Collective. This is the membership that we've created for entrepreneurial moms and also non-moms. We have lots of non-moms, too, who want to have more by doing less, who want to grow their businesses and their families simultaneously in a way that is sustainable and doesn't just include working harder. So you can learn more over at origincollective.com. The doors are open for a very limited time and we only open the doors to the public twice a year. So if you're interested, head over to origincollective.com and we'll see you there.